So first of all, I'd like to introduce Gary Cohen, the CEO of Kova Software. Gary, uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, that'd be wonderful. I can start. So my name is Guillermo Bravo. I am the CEO of Foot Traffic. We are the largest dispensary marketing agency servicing cannabis dispensaries and retail stores. Here's a look at uh, some of the clients that uh, we work with. Uh, we're servicing 200 stores across 20 states. <clears throat> and we've been um, you know, really focusing on driving foot traffic and website traffic to dispensaries and delivery services uh, to increase revenue and uh, acquire new customers. And over to Kova, we, um, we launched our service about 28 months ago and have since become the fastest growing cannabis POS in history, which is a great thing. We've contracted with over a thousand dispensaries in the U.S. and Canada yeah. since then. Um, I like how Guillermo's slide we lost it there gary it it keeps um automatically muting me so i'll keep my eye on that if we could go to the next slide um we've added about 60 of the biggest um, retailers in can 60% of the largest retailers in Canada and about 20% of the largest retailers in the US to make up that thousand dispensaries. If you could go to the next one. Um, Guillermo, do you want to share what the agenda is for today? Yeah, so today uh, the, ag the agenda will include um, a special consideration uh, given the COVID-19 virus. So we'll be discussing uh, what to do if you uh, are first to close, uh, what to do if you're open as a brick and mortar, and what to do if you're a delivery service. We'll also cover our 10 marketing tips uh, to increase your bottom line. We'll also discuss the online ordering tools that are available to uh, streamline uh, pre-orders and delivery orders. And then we'll have a special um, section on delivery specifically. So what to consider and how to execute on your, on the campaigns. So special consideration would be uh, the coronavirus uh, that uh, we are all aware of, um, COVID-19. Uh, this has brought um, new challenges and opportunities uh, to the cannabis space. Uh, so depending on which state you're in, um, you know, cannabis is an essential medicine for many San Francisco residents. Uh, dispensaries can continue to operate as essential businesses during this time while practicing social distancing and other public health recommendations. So this uh, was released uh, by the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Um, this is not consistent with every city. So please check with your local city and state uh, regulators uh, to confirm um, if you can stay open or if you're forced to close or if you can only be open as a medical dispensary. <clears throat> Another item related to uh, COVID-19 uh, that applies to dispensaries as well. Um, Starbucks, as social distancing measure, uh, Starbucks temporarily shifts to to-go model in the U.S. and Canada, and this is from Tent Crunch. So this is uh, another some, something that can be applied to um, the cannabis business as well. You know, I'd like to just add that, you know, from its inception as a legal business, the cannabis industry you know, it was predicated on medicinal cannabis. And because of that, you know, the very first places like California and um, Michigan, Colorado, Washington, 
they allowed for caregivers to come and pick up the cannabis for someone who couldn't get there. And then shortly thereafter, delivery services became licensed and started going into effect to deliver that medical cannabis. So what's really good about our industry is we were really built to, to deal with things like this. And I think as we go through this presentation, this, these special considerations related to how do we provide this recreational or medicinal product in a way that will meet these guidelines are really, um, the technology is all there to do that. So we'll talk more and more about that over the course of this, this hour. Well, I think that um, one of the things that's happening is, like Guillermo said, based on your jurisdiction, there's different rules for how you can be open or whether you can be open. I think sometimes if they're mandating all businesses close or non-essential businesses close, you don't really have a choice. But if you're, a, you're an operator and you're trying to decide, you know, should I stay open or should I stay closed? There's a couple of things to think about. One is my addressable market and how the social distancing, distancing is affecting it. So are people getting in their car, driving over? Are they driving around the city at all? Um, you just might not have the business flow to sustain your business, which might need you, you know, you might decide to temporarily close. There's the consideration of the safety of employees. So you might make a decision that I don't want them exposed. So they're going to stay home and I might close. We've already heard from some of our customers that some of their bud tenders or frontline employees um, are afraid or don't want to go to work. So I, that could be a decision made by your employees that you can't stay open. And um, I think with any of these, there's some steps you should take if, if you are either forced to close or you decide to close. And Guillermo, what, what would be those things to do? Yeah, so if you are forced to close or if you decided to close, you should notify all your customers and you should notify them on all of your digital platforms. And that includes your website, uh, your Google listing. So set all of your office hours to closed um, you can say, you can add special hours on your Google profile and you can add each day, you know, work, we're, we're locked, let's say you're locked down for three weeks. You can add, um, add that uh, to your profile to, so nobody is, you know, requesting for directions to, to visit your store and they're aware that you're closed. In addition to that, I would notify your customers on social media, Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, also send an email update to your customers as well as a text message notifying them that um, you, know, you are closed. And if possible, um, also focus on some of the other profiles like Yelp, Weedmaps, Leafly, and so on. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let's go to the next one where and this is what we would prefer you, everyone does. Probably what you would prefer to happen is to stay open. And I think there's, when I mentioned earlier, the things you could do or start thinking about um, to maintain your business, or in some cases, even accelerate your business, it's online ordering with pickup in the store, delivery, sidewalk ordering, and also just from a customer flow standpoint, you know, how can you limit access to your dispensary? And what are the different techniques or technologies to help you manage people out there on the sidewalk or in a parking lot? So those are things we'll talk more about later. I think that the same things that Guillermo talked about if you're closed, you wanna double down on if you're open in terms of communication with your customer base. So if you do have a loyalty program in place and you do have their email or mobile phone number, 
let them know what your new, the A, that you're open, B, what your new policies are and how you can still support them either through the delivery of cannabis products um, and what it'll look like when they show up to the store. Um, the next slide talks about opening a delivery service. And like, like we said earlier, we'll go into more detail of the considerations you'll need to think about as marketing tip number 10. So we'll come back to that later. Um, Guillermo, do you want to go ahead and get into the meat of why people dialed into today's webinar? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Gary. Um, so the, the first tip that we're going to focus on is setting goals and tracking everything. Um, the beauty of digital marketing is that there's the analytics and we have access to all sorts of data. Depending on which profiles you're using, we can track the foot traffic, you know, through your point of sale system. We can track e-commerce sales. If you're using a, an online menu for, for in-store pickups and pre-orders, um, you can actually track all the orders and the, the source of the traffic for those orders. So if I send out a campaign uh, through all my customers, through my CRM and loyalty program, I can track all that traffic to the website, to the online menu and to a purchase. So that is highly valuable. Um, and actually one of the foundational elements that we recommend before starting any campaign or marketing or website. The next thing is phone calls. You can track your phone calls on your Google, my business listing on your Google ads, uh, advertising campaigns and on your website. So definitely be sure to track any action related to phone calls. The next is direction requests. So if you are on your Google My Business listing or on your Google ad pl um, platform, anytime that a customer requests for directions to visit your dispensary, that is tracked. So you have the availability to, you have the availability to uh, see you know, where customers are coming from uh, and how many people are actually using that functionality. Um, you know, preferably on Google Maps or Waze or whatever platform they're using. The next is email and SMS subscribers. You know, if we're looking to drive foot traffic and website traffic, we should also have a goal to capture first names, last names, email, addr email addresses, and phone numbers. You want to build your customer database so that you can nurture the relationships with these customers long-term. Another goal would be uh, website traffic. So we, we can track website traffic through Google Analytics or some of the online menu analytics programs. We can track the source of all this so you can see you know, which campaigns are performing the best. Um, is search engine optimization sending you a lot of organic traffic? Is your traffic coming from your loyalty programs? Is it coming from a Google ads campaign or a geo ad campaign? You want to track the source of all your marketing channels in one location. The next tip would be focus on high ROI channels. So as we, as we invest in marketing and advertising online, we really want to um, stretch every penny and dollar that we spend. If you spend, if you spend the money on, let's say, acquiring new customers, some of the highest ROI channels to get new customers in your door are geo ads, Google ads, Google optimization, and search engine optimization. Uh, word of mouth marketing is the, the best in free um, advertising they can do offline. Uh, and once you capture those customers into your database, 
you'll want to keep them updated with text messages and emails on a regular basis. And all of these items are easily trackable, uh, as I suggested in step one. Um, that's the beauty of digital marketing is we have the ability to, to track the success of all of these campaigns and compare them side by side. <clears throat> for example, uh, in regards to these, the return on investment for some of these campaigns, for every penny that you spend on a text message, we're looking at a two to $8 return on that investment. For geo ads and Google ads, we're looking at uh, anywhere from uh, a $10 uh, cost per acquisition to get a new customer in your door or to make a purchase. Um, and word of mouth marketing, you know, if, you, if you can create the different marketing materials in store and encourage customers you know, uh, through the bud tenders to, to recommend your store to their friends, or send a text message, iMessage, WhatsApp, Instagram, direct message, anything to share this with their friends, then that's going to go a long way. <clears throat> so then meeting customers where they are. So more customers are on mobile than any other platform. You need to be creating marketing that looks good on mobile and that works within mobile platforms. And targeting and segmenting these customers can help you create more effective campaigns to drive even a higher ROI. So these are the market leaders in the space right now. Google owns 92% of all search traffic in the United States. Apple iPhones and Android phones account for a substantial amount of the mobile device market in the United States. And from our numbers, 90% of 90% plus of all our uh, website traffic to our, to our clients are actually on mobile devices or tablets. So the rule is to build for mobile first desktop second. Your mobile phone is a, is an extension of yourself. So you want to, communicate with customers and maintain that relationship with them through their mobile devices. And that's going to be through geo ads, through Google ads, through text messaging, and through email. <clears throat> Tip number four, maintain communication with your customers. I can't stress this anymore. This is, this is crucial in the success of your dispensary. Maintaining communication will allow you to build that relationship with your customers and that trust and that authority with them. So they'll become loyal and continue to shop with you long term. If we invest all this money in marketing to get a new customer to your store, let's say they spend $50 on that first transaction. The real value is nurturing that relationship and getting them to purchase 10, 20 times um, based on that first interaction with them. So it's really important to maintain communication with your customers, showcase your brand voice, your brand message, showcase your, your spirit and, uh, you know, the values that you carry behind your brand. What products do you associate with? What, uh, what pricing model and customer service do you provide? You should really um, share this with your customers and, and invite them to events and really build a relationship with them. And this can all be done, once again, through mobile devices, through Facebook and Instagram, through your website, through your email and text message list. These are all opportunities for you to really build a relationship with your customer. 
So use the customer journey. So there's different levels in the customer journey uh, in ways that you can interact, interact with your customers. So the first is really building that awareness with your customer. So you can do this through different advertising campaigns. <coughs> Facebook, Instagram, Google, these are all fantastic platforms for you to build awareness and get people to recognize your brand. Once they recognize your brand, um, they, they'll do some research. So they'll look at your reviews. They'll see if you are a legitimate dispensary. They'll look at your Google profile. They'll look at your photography in the store. They'll look at your virtual tour. Um, I would highly advise everyone to invest in a virtual tour. Um, this is a great way to provide transparency to customers before they come in. Uh, people will look at your social media accounts. They'll search for you. They'll, they'll search for your name and see what people have to say. And if they feel confident in what they've seen, then they'll uh, proceed to make a purchase. And a purchase can be through an online menu or they can simply call or visit the store to make a purchase. And when they do make a purchase um, and pick up their product in store, be sure to greet them and provide you know, superb uh, customer service. That's you know, your bud tenders are the face of your company. They're on the front lines and they're talking with your customers on a daily basis. So they should be trained and represent the company um, you know, as much as possible. And if you really build that trust and loyalty with the customer, they will not hesitate to leave a positive review. They'll gladly check in on Instagram or Facebook and post a picture at your dispensary. Um, this is, this is the, the best way uh, to market your business is just build that relationship with your customers and allow them to, to share their experience with others. Um, let's talk about open brick mortar store, open <laughs> brick and mortar stores. And um, what we'll discuss is what are the tips you could do to increase your marketing. Um, at, and it's in the context of the situation we're in right now. So if you go to the next slide, um, you know, one of the things we saw at Cova was last Friday was the single biggest day of sales for all of our stores since 420. So people were definitely stocking up. Um, the basket sizes were bigger and you didn't really need to offer a promotion because the volume was coming your way. But what we'll talk about on this tip is what are the promotions that would make sense during the, the next few weeks or months? Our industry is super heavy in offering specials, promotions, loyalty types of incentives, discounts, tiered pricing, group pricing. But I think for right now, um, as people are trying to stock up, it might be a good idea to do some bundling. And the things you want to bundle are either your slow moving products or things where the expiration date is coming up. And when I talk about bundling those things, you want to get them out of your store. If, if, in three weeks or a month, you have to close down or the supply chain gets somehow constrained. Um, you want to get your old products out and off the shelves now. So I would do things like spend X and get Y for $5. So it could be, you know, spend $50. And if your normal basket size is 40, you know, raise it up to 50. And then you can get this 20 or $25 product that's about to go bad for $5. Or if you buy X, you can get Y for $5. So start pairing things up that naturally might go together. Someone who, who buys flour, bundle other types of flour with it. If they buy concentrates, bundle other concentrates. Um, and I think that 
you can also, the last thing is you could combine discounts for online ordering. So if you, if you have a problem like in Chicago or Ontario or some of the super concentrated markets where the, um, the, the distribution is limited, um, you might want to provide an incentive for ordering online so that when they come to the store, um, their order's ready for them and um, they don't clog up the outside of your store or trying to get into your store. If you go to the next one, one of the biggest things you can do right now is offer online ordering or like a, up in Canada, they call it click and collect, which is really just placing that order online. Um, but what it requires is that your, your dispensary's point of sale is integrated with all of those places that Guillermo was talking about where your inventory would be displayed. So that could be your, your website, could be Leafly or could be Weed Maps. And what you want is in real time, pushing up, that, uh, pushing up those products that you have available and the pricing. You, you know, a big tip is always be transparent. You know, the worst thing is like show up at your store and the pricing doesn't match what it said you charged online. You know, if you do tax inclusive pricing, make sure you say that. If it's a price plus tax, make sure you say that. But either way, having that inventory in real time synced from your POS to all of these different places that display your inventory is essential. I think the last and biggest tip around that is um, you better have that in stock when they show up. So do you have a point of sale that allows you to set a limit on what's displayed at a certain inventory level? So if, you know, what would probably be wise is if we get down to 10 units or five units of whatever it is, pull it down from my menu boards in the store and from all of that online, because it's horrible if I drive all the way to your store, wait in line, and find out that you don't have it. I came all this way. So let's go to the next one. The next slide just talks about the um, kind of click and collect process. And all your, I guess the secret of this is the policy you set for your dispensary of how long are you gonna hold on to this order. So I've gone online, I found what I wanted, I placed my order, you sent a confirmation back that yes, we have it, it's here waiting for you to pick up, but determine what those timeframes are that you're willing to wait for them. Because you are taking that inventory out of stock and setting it aside for them as a pending order or as a pickup order. So do you do it by the end of the day? or do you do 24 hours or 48 hours? That's up to you. But at this time where, like I said, you wanna get people through the process quickly and easily, this is the, the greatest way to move them through a purchase and through your store. If you can go to the next slide. Now, this is kind of funky. I would say that most places in the US and Canada won't allow this, but um, you know, a lot of retail locations have a drive up window or the um, facility that you bought or you lease. It used to be a, a restaurant or a coffee shop and it has a drive up window. And guess what? Now they won't let you go in the store. So if you could utilize that capability, it would be ideal. If you go to the next slide, this is one of our customers in Oklahoma they bought an old bank. So remember those drive up windows where they, they push the drawer out to you? Um, what a great way to, to do business right now at this time. So it's something to think about. Um, you know, I've read the, the regulations for probably a dozen states. I'd say half of them call out that you can't do this. Um, and I would say 
most of them just never thought of it and it's not in the regs. And I'm sure there's some that absolutely prohibited it, but um, this is something to think about. We'll go to the next one. Express checkout is the capability to let customers do a self-service purchase. So they can really go through the entire transaction by themselves. Where we've offered this to our customers is in high density, high volume stores where they wanna set up an express lane that people who don't really need education, help, coaching, they know what they want. It's Friday at four o'clock and they just wanna go through the fast lane, use the express checkout, put in what they wanna buy. It sends the ticket to the back. Someone fills that bag or fills the order and they go over and pay for it and leave. And it's, it does exactly that. It's an express checkout. I, I believe that where we'll see a lot of utility and uptake with our customers in the next few months is that you can, since Kova is tablet based, you could just go out on the sidewalk. You could either put that express checkout in the lobby or your reception area or even outside. You can do the ID check and give them the express checkout, let them fill their order themselves and then stand over to the side and someone's gonna come out and ask for Joe Smith and you can transact on the sidewalk. I think the express checkout um, also helps if you're limiting 10 people or less into your dispensary. So this gives the ability for people to just go to five different checkouts minimal interaction with staff, place their order, do their transaction and, and leave. Well, if we go to, as we go to the next topic, it's delivery. And like I said originally, delivery is a cornerstone of this industry, especially in terms of medicinal. There's a bunch of things to think about it's not like you can just flip a switch and say, I'm gonna do delivery tomorrow. Based on your country, your province, your state, or your city, you may or may not be able to do delivery. I can tell you we're working with Ontario right now to loosen up the capability to do this, and we're helping them with what those guidelines might look like and, what, um, and how it could be managed and regulated because they don't have enough dispensaries. The demand is huge and everyone wants it and needs it. So when you go to the next slide, here's things you need to consider. A, can you do it? Are you allowed to do it? You, you'll research that in your individual markets. Um, then you need a license or some sort of certification. You know, everyone's scratching their head right now going, Gary, don't you understand what's been going on in California or New York for the last 10 years? There's gray market delivery everywhere. They don't have certifications or licenses. Well, I'm gonna come at this from the, you need to do it the right way if you want a sustainable business. So getting that license or certification could be a short or a really arduous process. And in some cases, it doesn't cost very much. Some markets, it's like getting all the licensing for a store. Think about the geography. Um, how feasible is it from your location to really run a business um, where you need drivers, gas, insurance? What distances are you covering? Um, can you do it economically and efficiently? You know, in downtown San Francisco or New York, well, not New York, but downtown San Francisco or Los Angeles, you're probably going to want to geofence the area that you're willing to service just because of traffic, congestion, time. You know, charging a customer $25 for a delivery is probably going to kill your delivery business. But as you pencil it all out, that might be what's necessary to go farther than three miles. Look at your addressable market. What is the population, the demographics? And, you know, 
the um, the local market. You know, if there's nothing but commercial where your store is, um, are you really going to do that much delivery nights and weekends? Or how far do you have to go to get to neighborhoods where people are ordering at night and on the weekend? Look at your competition, which in Canada, it's the, the mail service. You can have cannabis mailed to you from the province or the manufacturer. How much retail's around? If it's super easy to get to retail, take that into consideration. And lastly, how much gray market is there? So in you know, places like Michigan and California, there's still a super heavy gray market and that's who you're competing with. If you could go to the next one. So once you wanted, once you decide to do it, there's a ton of compliance in the markets that legally provide um, capability to do delivery. There's uh, the state traceability system that just like retail, this cannabis needs to be tracked you know, from seed all the way to when a customer buys it. There's usually gonna be requirements for ID confirmation. So you can't let little kids call in and say, you know, I'm Gary Cohen, I'm 57 years old. <laughs> and then you show up and a bunch of little kids have their dad's ID and go, that's me. So you need ID verification capabilities. Um, you need documentation of who accepted receipt of this cannabis. Your employees need to be badged. So they need to go through the state qualifications to even be a cannabis handler or be in the business. Um, I think drivers are one of those giant gotchas that people don't think about, which is not only do you need a criminal background check, but you need a driver's license, a driving check. Um, you know, it's already hard enough to get insurance in the cannabis industry. Um, auto insurance is another whole step. And then from a vehicle standpoint, you're required to have, in California, you've got to have a 360 degree camera in the car. You need to track the car. The windows need to be reinforced because how tough is it to smash a window and grab a thousand to $5,000 in product or cash? So what kind of vehicles are you gonna use? And it's, so it's not just like Domino's where you let the guy use their own car. If you go to the next one, um, there's two models of delivery. One is the pizza delivery model, the other is the ice cream truck. In the pizza delivery model, you're taking a set of orders from the store and driving in a, in a route, you know, if you have good technology, then you've established a route that the driver's gonna take. You're not gonna just let the guy try to decide on his own what the best route is to make these five stops. You're gonna route them, you're gonna track them, and you need to, um, you need to retain that GPS driver routing in case the state comes to inspect. You know, we, we think your driver went by the elementary school and was selling pot. You need to be able to show, no, here's where our drivers were, when, when and where they were. So that's another aspect of the partners we have that do delivery with us can do that. So the pizza delivery, they're leaving and taking their deliveries onto a route. The ice cream truck, um, and these are perfect descriptions of these models, you're filling up the truck or the vehicle with cannabis product, and then they're driving around. So as orders come in, you're trying to figure out which truck is closest to where that order came from and dispatching them to go deliver to that location. And they're going to stay out as long as they can until their inventory gets diminished and they have to come back and drop off the money, pick up new product, and go back out there. Some jurisdictions allow one or the other or both, but that's, you know, you're going to have to um, equip your business to do either of these models. So 
So I'll turn it over to Guillermo. Um, and yeah. I'll let you talk about what, what you guys have going to, to help with this kind of um, direction that customers could take. Yeah, so since, uh, you know, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to be open during this time, um, it's really a, a great opportunity for you to get new customers. Um, since cannabis, let's say, for example, in San Francisco was listed as a essential business, and it is under the you know, healthcare sector, this is an opportunity for us to get you know, our patients their medicine and you know, product to recreational users as they need to, to de-stress from what's going on at the time. So right now we're actually offering a, a deal on acquiring 500 new customers to your brick and mortar dispensary or delivery service. So we'll leverage uh, different marketing channels that we know drive high ROI and bring you 500 new customers at $5,000. So we, we are heavily discounting this so that you can really build your customer database and be successful long-term uh, during these times. So, you know, our goal is to, to get you as many customers as possible with this campaign. Uh, and we are currently launching these uh, throughout the country and uh, have seen great success at a, at this rate, uh, $10 for each new customer. Wow. Well, thanks. I think we're, we're going to do something as well. So one of our partners that does delivery is called Dutchie and, um, Dutchy is integrated with Kova to do delivery and they're offering, so they do delivery, but they also do what's called click and collect or that ability to order online and go pick up in store. Um, so they're offering one month free for, for that service um, for both new and existing Kova customers. So that was Wonderful. Yeah. And, and I want to emphasize that really the time is now. Um, for, for anyone that um, is open, this is, is going to be the highest number of internet users ever online in history. <laughs> so there's, it's, you know, Italy has, you know, reported the, the highest number of uh, internet users on, you know, on broadband. And we expect to see the same um, in the United States as people are are forced um, to, to stay home or work from home. So a lot of opportunity uh, to, to build your customer list, to reach customers online. They're gonna be on their desktops, they're gonna be on their phones, and they're gonna be looking for product. And you know what better way to uh, Netflix and chill than with a, a nice um, pre-roll joint? <laughs> Well, um, one of the things that I think is critical right now is, and, and if you took nothing else away from this entire webinar, it's look at your online capabilities. Um, how have you built your business to reach out, to communicate, and to reinforce that not only are you open, but what you have, and how you can continually do business with your customer base. I think when you take all those 10 tips in combination, if you're, you know, if you're wondering how can I turn the, turn the dials at this time where some of my dials are constricted, some I'm not even using or I don't have, what could you be doing to keep your business um, not only running, but thriving during this period? You know, I was going to make a comment that, that we are all, everyone on this call is pretty fortunate to be in the cannabis business because it really is recession proof. And I think that's what we're seeing. You know, the surge we had last Friday, we looked at the volume Saturday. They were much higher than previous Saturdays. And then even Monday with all the, you know, I'm looking out the big window here in Denver 
traffic's probably 10% of what it normally is, but cannabis sales through our stores are normal as of this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, you know, between alcohol, guns, and weed, these are kind of recession-proof um, items, you know, for good or bad. And, and lastly, I'm seeing information from almost every state association we belong to, um, as well as NCIA, which is the National Cannabis Industry Association. There is tons of lobbying going on right now, talking about how cannabis is an essential industry. And if they're going to say, you know, we're going to let al alcohol be sold or liquor stores stay open, how in a place where this is legal can you not let dispensaries stay open or delivery services run? So there's a lot of work being done and a lot of pressure being applied to, to try to keep us open during this period. And um, I think that some markets, it's, they're just going to stay open, like what Guillermo shared about San Francisco. Um, in Illinois, they made the recreational stores close, but the medicinal stores could stay open as essential businesses. So as the next few weeks pan out, my hope is that all of your locations stay open and we can continue to do business. Um, I see a question coming in, so I'll just answer it. Are the sales trends similar between the US and Canada in recent weeks? And the answer is absolutely yes. So when we looked at week over week, month over month sales by day in both countries, um, it's the same. People are stocking up right now. Guillermo, do you wanna look at the questions that are out there and, and talk to them? Let's see. Um... I am not seeing these questions. Let's, if you want to read a few off that you think we should uh, answer, I'm, I'm more than happy to. Will there, you know, someone is asking you, I'm interested in perhaps setting a budget for this and working with you to help us create Google ads or geo ads. Um, and just trying to understand like in rough terms what this, these things might cost. Yeah, of course. So the easiest way to, to budget for this is deciding on the number of customers that you would like to acquire. So our numbers show uh, close to a 10% cost per acquisition to get a new customer from these channels. So if we use that as a benchmark, you know, we can say if we would like to reach 5,000 or 500 customers, that's going to cost us $5,000 to get those customers. Uh, depending on which city uh, and market you're in, this can be achieved in 30 days, uh, 60 days, or 90 days. So it just depends on the addressable market and uh, you know, the population in that region. Uh, and you know, after the after the webinar, feel free to, to give us a call. Um, you know, I placed the, the URL in the chat and feel free to call us and we'll, we'll walk you through the process. We're more than happy, you know, more than happy to, uh, to guide you uh, as far as launching these campaigns and really uh, getting ready, you know, even for the weekend and next week as the demand is high for in store pickups and deliveries. Hey Guillermo, I've got one, one other question that was asked. Where do you set up a geo ad? <clears throat> you might want to describe what that means. Yeah, so um, foot traffic has a geo ad network um, that we leverage um, that um, gives us the ability to show display ads across 600 plus publications and mobile apps. So this includes, you know, TMZ, Zillow, Zynga, uh, 
ESPN, you know, some of the largest publications and mobile apps. So we have the ability to show your dispensary advertisement on these platforms and choose the zip code or city or region or landmark that you'd like to target. So we can essentially just draw a fence uh, around the whole city of San Francisco and say, please show our ads to any customer that is on their mobile device within this region. Uh, so customers are voluntarily sharing the location <clears throat> and we can uh, reach customers where they are uh, on their cell phones. And this can be, like I said, in the ESPN app, which it could be on the Zillow app. It can be on any uh, of these 600 plus publications. And we'll guide you through that process. Uh, that is, um, it's, you know, just give us a call after the webinar and we'll gladly, you know, walk you through the process. Uh, we do have another webinar on, on three ways to drive customers to your, to your dispensary. That's on the foot traffic website. <clears throat> we will also be hosting another webinar next Thursday, uh, specifically on uh, the introduction to marijuana delivery service marketing. So since this is, uh, this is, uh, you know, timely for the, for the delivery service industry, uh, we're going to provide more uh, in-depth information on what to do if you are just delivery service and you're open at this time. Well, I think, I think we should probably sign off. Um, I really appreciate everyone dialing in for this. It looked like we had quite a few people and scattered all over North America. So thanks and, and we're happy to at, answer any other questions if, if you wanna just reach out to us through those yep. websites. Yeah, thank you for joining us everybody. Um, please stay safe and uh, practice um, you know, social distancing.